0: Hey, welcome to the show. Today we have Apramya, co-founder of Koo and earlier co-founder, Taxi for Sure. Apramya shares a lot about the growth journey of Koo, how they went around defining the user segment and a lot more. This conversation is part of Growth Talkies in partnership with WebEngage. So, yeah, Apramya, would, would love to know, uh, you know, uh, your journey from uh, post Taxi for Sure to Vocal and uh, then figuring out this idea behind Koo.
1: So, uh, you know, post Taxi for Sure, Taxi for sure, uh, we sold in 2015. And uh, I started thinking about what's the next big wave that is going to happen. And this was just before Geo wave started in in India. And, you know, obvious that a lot of people would get access to internet. Uh, didn't know it would be Jio, but uh, a lot of people would get access to internet. And Some of the most basic reasons why we use the internet which is connecting with people, expressing oneself, searching for information, all of that is something that even the uh, new internet users would want to use and benefit from. If you look at all of us who know English, we've basically benefited a lot and accelerated our lives because of the fact that we've had access to basics of internet, right? Above that, we do transactions, we buy stuff, we order food, we get a taxi, you know, all of those things we do. But the basics where we express, connect, search for information is what makes us much better humans and accelerates our own personal lives. And this is something that uh, we wanted to build for the new internet users and it had to be uh, new communities, communities around language, communities around interests within a language, uh, information and content available in local languages. So that's why we started Vocal. Vocal is an audio question-answer app where people come and ask questions in uh, local language and get answers in local language as well, right? So that is creating a base of uh, information that India has never had before in local language, right? Uh, while we were building that a lot of people who were giving answers on the on the app uh, you know actually came and asked us why they couldn't you know express whatever they had in their mind why should they always answer questions made us think as to why people weren't using existing apps uh, for example Twitter to express themselves that got us to realize that on the open internet the <laughs> The communities that have been built are highly skewed towards English, and anybody who doesn't know English will f- always feel uncomfortable coming and expressing themselves there. So that made us uh, make our first version of Ku app, and uh, you know we we did it in Canada. We saw a lot of love from Canada users, and uh, that's how we started off. And uh, you know uh, since then it's been two years
0: interesting and uh, so what i'm curious also is that there's already twitter and you know where you're not uh, you know kind of uh, worried about this comparison and the fact that people say okay you know you copy pasted the idea blah blah right i mean typical the typical startup uh, crowd right i mean what's uh, what makes me really curious is that when, uh, when when all of this was happening there was obviously i mean Yes. Twitter and you know and a uh, whole lot of other networks right so uh, where I mean, how were you positioning it even internally to the team and even otherwise that you know uh, this is going to be big this is, this is an important problem to solve
1: yeah I think listening to your users is what helps you there right so uh, the English speaking audience of the internet which is all of us already have blended into existing networks, right? We've never felt the need to create or have a different network for India. But when you put yourself in the position of people who don't know English, let's say, you know, I give you a French app or a Chinese app, uh, you while the purpose is there, but you will not be comfortable going and using that app. And that's how... You will feel on any English app if you don't know English. So, it, you know, we listen to the users rather than you listen to the people who, uh, you know, already are satisfied with whatever exists, right? And if you look at India, the English users of the internet are in a bubble. Whatever we say is limited to the English world in India and outside. It never goes beyond the English uh, world to the Hindi and Kannada world, for example, for me. Those are the two languages that I know. Now, my entrepreneurship journey, my thoughts, my ideas on various things, I have never shared in Kannada and Hindi on the internet ever before. Correct. That limits knowledge percolation uh, in general. Like, you know, on the internet, it seems like there is a barrier if you don't know English, you don't get access. Now, that is being broken by Poo. On Poo, I talk in Hindi and Kannada. Same thought. I post in English, Hindi and Kannada all the time. Right? Now, that is a use case for the English user on Poo. Right? The use case for the non-English uh, user is very, very straightforward. It is something that... Uh, you know, they love and uh, they're coming and connecting with people of their own interest and we're b- building technology uh, in Indian languages for the first time, right? We are, uh, you know, basically making sure that we are able to understand by what people say in that language, what interest they have. Is it cricket? Is it politics? Within cricket, are they talking about IPL? Are they talking about World Cup? Are they talking about something else? Within politics, are they talking about a particular election? Are they talking about a party? Are they talking about an individual? So all of this is something that we're uniquely building for India.
0: So uh, some of the recent features that you guys have built, right, uh, which is on the transparency side, uh, Mm -hmm. would love to understand, you know, what is the core thesis? uh, I mean, obviously this space has a lot of issues with regards to government and, you know, right-wing, left-wing, I mean this is across the globe, not just about India. So so what are, what are the core thesis behind some of, so if you can just walk us quickly through the features that Ku has launched recently and, uh, you know, wh- why, why is that important?
1: Yeah, so there is, there there has to be a marriage between thought process and how the product makes you feel, right? The thought process is to be unbiased, transparent, consistent with all our behavior. We want to be a platform which basically is the largest opinion platform without an opinion of our own. You should never feel that the platform itself is judging you. So that's the philosophy. Now with that philosophy, we've, we've actually, you know, opened up our algorithm. How do you see people In uh, on the app when we recommend them uh, for you to follow, right? How do you see the hashtags and in which order do you see them? All of that is also something that we have defined and put it in black and white, right? Uh, How do you, you know, actually see the feed? What content do you see first on your feed and last on your feed is also defined and put out, right? So, uh, all of this is basically to send home the message that we are unbiased. We want to be transparent. We want everybody to come and express on this platform, right? So, so these are some of the features. And when you when you look at it, we want everybody to feel at home when they're expressing on on who. So, you know, we we've created communities by language. So. The Hindi user will find other Hindi users. Tamil user will find other Tamil users, uh, right? So that is not possible on the open internet. Otherwise, for those language users, right? So that is, you know, promoting inclusivity, right? So all of this is what we are focused on. And once we've done it for India, we can take this product to the rest of the world very easily. The rest of the world, especially the uh, the world where it is similar demographic to India, which is very small percentage of English speakers and multiple languages being spoken by the rest of the population, right? That those kind of countries could be Indonesia, Malaysia, Philippines, countries in Africa, South America. So there are so many unconnected uh, people on the in the world, not in terms of internet. But in terms of their thoughts, so we want to enable all of that.
0: Very interesting. So, uh, so obviously, when Ku was launched, there was a lot of, uh, I mean, uh, Hangama around the launch, and you know, I mean, uh, it was, uh, and uh, you know, there was a uh, uh, anti-Twitter sentiment, and I mean, there was initial growth, right? But beyond yeah. that, uh, uh, what has been the growth journey, and and what are some of the uh, Things which you think has really worked, which which you can take to other countries also.
1: Yeah, so, aligning to the country's law of land hmm. is extremely important. So, for us, when we are operating in India, there is a law of land of India. We will align all our uh, community guidelines around that law of land, right? If we go to Middle East, tomorrow, we will tweak that to for Middle East. We'll have a local team which will, you know, operate cool out of Middle East, the way Middle East wants a microblog to operate. It won't be a forced notion of how things operate in India forced upon to uh, Middle East. So that is what the world is looking for. And that will be the future. They don't want you know, uh, somebody sitting in a in another foreign country to define what freedom of speech or how one should behave online mm-hmm. uh, from there, which will lead to a lot of unrest uh, on the platform leading to offline unrest. So right. this is what people will, will move towards and would want from a social media network.
0: Yeah, and which and also means that you're going to invest in... Say having nodal officers and basically you know single point of contact in different geographies,
1: right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Local, like you have to operate local. You have to give uh, a playbook to operate out of uh, and give certain amount of decision-making power locally as well, and that's how this will work.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Uh, so, so from a product-market fit journey, right? So, so beyond the early days. Uh, how are you looking at it from a you know from a retention point of view? From the fact that you know uh, so initially there was obviously I mean I mean uh, a reason for a lot of people to join you know anti Twitter uh, sentiment, but then uh, Ku also had a, a lot of other conversations going, a lot of others stuff going right. So what has changed in the product where you think you think that you know uh, there is so beyond product market fit. You know, this product can scale, you know, which is, uh, and it doesn't need an anti-sentiment for it.
1: No, so, uh, the reason, so let's go back to the reason why we started, right? So, Mm. we started to enable, uh, you know, freedom of speech onto the internet for people who don't know English. Mm. And the second reason is for English India to speak to the rest of India. These are the two objectives. Now, whether there is an anti-sentiment or not, uh, these two reasons exist always. And nobody else is looking at this. Right? So, uh, as in, irrespective of an anti-sentiment or not, we will grow. We never started because there is a philosophy issue. We started because there were people left out of internet expression. Right. Right? And that's what we are going to keep
2: fulfilling
0: got it yep yep and yeah handy handy go the mic to Ishan. Yeah.
2: you know so yeah hey hi Pramaya. good to get connected um so 10 million users is a big number right i think most most startups don't even hit um uh, one-tenth of this one i mean my primary question i mean to start from i mean how the early acquisition happened right i mean even let's say saying the first hundred thousand users i mean would have been very difficult because let's say apps Apps like Ku primary acquisition do happen through digital as a channel, right? How was your first 0 to 1 journey over here for Ku? Because I mean, pitching a product which is not there in the market or let's say similar products don't exist, right? Customer doesn't have or a user doesn't have a benchmarking that, hey, this is what I'm expecting on this app. How was the first 0 to 1 happening for Ku? Yeah, I think uh, for a microblog or any social network to succeed, you,
1: you need, you know... Uh, a representation of India to start using it. Mm-hmm. For us, yeah. fortunately, given the space that we operate in, the most, uh, the most popular people in India, from yeah. actors, sportsmen, ministers, everybody, see the importance of connecting on a daily basis with the broader base of India, which no other social media platform gives them an opportunity to do with a language, uh, you know, angle, right? And that's what we we kind of figured, right? And then there is no other app which is sh- giving the language speakers to connect with each other. Like if you look at, uh, some of the most used apps of India, they are all closed networks. Like WhatsApp is a closed network. You have to have a phone number of the person. The maximum your voice will reach is, you know, 200, 250 people in a WhatsApp group, right? Facebook, for the average user, for the common man, the network that you've created there is your family and friends, right? What you're sharing there is a holiday, a wedding, a engagement, uh, you know, a change of job—that's what you're communicating there, right? Your voice again is limited. It's not your thoughts and opinions on the world or what you're doing, right? Um, so, on the open internet, the uh, the existing products like Twitter are very small. They're very English-oriented. So, giving this power to the common man, for a person sitting in Hassan. In Karnataka to tag the Chief Minister of Karnataka and say he has a problem in Hassan, that experience has never been felt before in Canada right so there is a very unique proposition that we have taken to the market and that's why we've gotten product market
2: and how has been the growth I mean holding up for I mean for so many years primarily being let's say early users would come through but then there's gonna be a lot of marketing that would be required for you on a day-on-day basis to consistently grow as a platform right and i think so platforms like who also has i'm not sure whether how true this is whether digital is the only channel where you acquire customers from or are you going offline and doing other activities to acquire these users as well
1: no i think it's behavior building overall right uh, uh, the the fact that people don't know that they can express what's on their mind freely is an opportunity for us. The more we educate using uh, scenarios where we where this happens, it, the the better it is for us, right? Uh, so you know uh, you you might have seen hashtags which are trended on news channels uh, where news anchors will say, come and you know say what you have on your mind on Ku app, right? Um you would have seen us sponsoring uh, lit- literary events like Jaipur uh, literature Festival, right. Uh, we were part of that. Um, we, we were part of last year's World Cup uh, where we said, you know if you have an opinion on anything, you should come and say it on coup. So I think behavior building uh, amongst the wider population is something that we will keep doing and encouraging uh over over the years to to make sure it happens
0: yep uh, so so uh in general from a growth point of view right what do you think is 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 the indian you know time for this kind of a product could be
1: well everybody has a thought and opinion so anybody who has access to internet should be a user of Coop. Uh there's no reason for that not to happen because everybody wants to be connecting with people expressing oneself uh, meeting new folks uh, with similar interests uh, so how does you know let's say there is somebody in mysore or you know even smaller town like mandya uh, and they all want to find other people who are interested in movies or cricket or whatever interest it is how do they do that they can't do it today uh, so on coup, we'll make it extremely easy so canada speaking cricket lovers getting together playing a match because they have met on coup is, is something that will happen or might be might just be happening already so uh, our 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 uh, whole thing is to connect people better uh, uh, based on interest based on location based on language
0: cool and and uh, see as 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 a I mean, after Taxi for show sure, uh, you took a break and you were kind of, uh, you know, you then you did Vocal, I mean, Vocal and then now Koo. Cool. So what are some of the learnings that you've taken from building 100%, you know, I mean, largely an offline operational intensive business like
1: Taxi for Sure to now Koo? Cool? Well, um, I think team building is extremely important. Uh, you know, uh, people who believe passionately about the idea, uh, passionately about what we're trying to achieve is very important, right? Uh, um, it, it's not about the skill set. People will learn this required skill set, uh, but passion to solve the problem. Like Our entire core team behaves as one. You, you ask me any question or you ask any of the core team members any question, uh, you will get the same responses. You will get the same reason why we are... Uh, you know, doing this together. Uh, so I think, you know, the passion is what brings us together and, uh, you know, happy to have built such a team. So that is one. Second, I think being true to oneself on what each product does. Like on Vocal, it is a web product. Uh, it is not a daily app product. And we realized that while we were building it. And we were always in search of, you know, what what is going to be an app first product. And that's how we started off even being open to uh, you know suggestions from the users and that's how we you know converted some of the feedback that we got from users into coup. Uh so i think uh, being open to the market at all times for feedback and implementing that uh, you know is something that is very 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 critical while uh, building a startup whether it's your first second or 10th startup, uh, you know, you have to be agile. What you thought of and started is probably not going to end up as the successful version of the startup uh, yep. that you that you will see later.
0: Yeah, yep. the ability to change and pivot and, uh, you know, rethink from a new angle is super critical. Yeah. Especially in the early days. I mean, just say, just if I went forward, we started with courses and yeah, we said yeah. that, you know, people are going to move to courses for learning. And there mm-hmm. are people who bought like, I mean, the day we launched, they bought all our courses. But eventually, mm-hmm. we kind of started realizing that we need to become a daily learning product, you know, a daily mm-hmm. app instead of, you know. So, so now we totally moved away from courses and we're doing uh, a different kind of content now.
1: So yeah, yeah, correct.
0: That, so, yep. Uh, and you also... Have been mentoring, obviously investing in founders. Uh, what are some of the things that you see when it comes to growth uh, that you know uh, you you would recommend to any founder, any team, you know, from a uh, which is uh, in before pre pre product market fit, and you know stuff that you would tell them that you know look at these elements and uh, go after them.
1: I think for founders, uh, one. I think it's very important to know that, you know, the the size of the problem, the market size of how many people face a problem that you are contemplating on solving, right? Uh, then the realization that whether your solution is 10x better than the existing solutions so that you don't have to hard sell the solution that you're trying to give to the problem. Um I think these two realizations are very important, and the third one is a is more inward, which is okay. I, are you the right person to be solving that problem? Uh, do you need more co-founders or co-team members who will come and solve it with you? So I think it's a it's kind of like a combination of these. Uh, you know, sometimes it could just be okay. My neighborhood doesn't have a So I stall, let me just open one and it solves the problem of the neighborhood, right? Other times it could be, you know, I'm not getting cabs or taxis or a comfortable way of going from point A to point B and that is faced by tens of millions of people around India, right? And around the world, hundreds of millions, right? So I think it's very, very, very critical to be aware of what is the size of problem that you're trying to solve? And then be clear on whether it is a fundable business, non fundable business, and make peace with it. Uh, so I think all that I said, it's a, it's a combination of all of this that the founder has to be very, very aware of. And finally, you know, entrepreneurship is an art. Uh, just like you, you wouldn't ask Karan Johar, go and make kgf right uh, you you also should follow your heart on what you're capable of building and what you're not right so yeah I mean
0: that, that, that's a great point in terms of a founder market fit you know uh, because a lot of founders are good at product they're not good at sales so if they build a salesy product it becomes difficult and you know similarly uh, the other way around uh-huh yeah. Yep. Yep. Ishan, I think you had a yeah. question, right?
2: Yeah. So, for me, one quick question. I mean, uh, I mean, especially because, I mean, you guys have acquired so many users, right? And there's a lot of discussions happening in the market in terms of making profitability for in the startup, right? I mean, how do you go about it? Like- what is gonna be my user acquisition cost what's gonna be like my long term LTV how am I gonna make money in the future because I think initially for apps like Ku, right the primary requirement is to have users so that you can even predict all those kind of things but how do you go about structuring these things in your early days of startup
1: well one um, I think irrespective of what business you run figuring out whether your users are sticky to your product or not is very important. Sticky to the extent that is possible. Like you know, uh, cab stickiness is very different. Like you know, th- there's a potential of using it two three times a day for every customer that you uh, acquire. Now, how much should you spend? Given that on an average, maybe each person will use it uh, once a week or once a fortnight, right? Uh, so that math comes later but have you maximized uh, the stickiness of your product for example on Koo uh, every person we uh, acquired has the potential of visiting the app multiple times a day now can we build that behavior into the product so that you know we are realizing so if uh, right now we have 30 million uh, downloads uh, you know do we have enough on the product to keep most of them keep coming back every day? Right. Uh, so that, that is something that, you know, defines how much you should spend to get that user. Right. Uh, if the repeatability is, uh, is, is high and every transaction that the customer makes is high, then your customer acquisition cost can be high. If repeatability is low, uh, and the amount of money that you're making per transaction is low. You shouldn't be in that business. So it, it, it's basically, uh, you know, a realization that.
2: Okay. And how do people go about, let's say, let's say in apps, like Ku, right? The transaction doesn't happen. Right. So I think, how, how do you calculate when there's no cash transaction going to happen? How do you define acquisition cost in those scenarios?
1: No, so social products uh, ideally should go viral, uh, and you should have minimal uh, cost of acquisition, um, and your product should be extremely sticky because finally you're you're, you're going to do some form of monetization at scale only. So mm-hmm. you know how much t- so broadly I think in social products how much time your users spend on an average on your product every day. Defines how much money you will finally make if you go the advertising route. Right? So, if you don't go the advertising route and you go, you know, uh, the route of helping creators make money or, you know, uh, do some innovation around it, uh, then it's a different ballgame altogether. But, irrespective of that, I think social products, because it is meant to make other people viral, the product itself should definitely be viral and spoken about a lot
2: so stickiness is the primary factor or the key factor in a scenario yeah yeah,
1: yeah
0: so uh, Premier just curious uh, how do you go about retention I mean as, as a as, as a business as a company you know how do you look at retention from different perspective you know uh, I mean in, uh, even as a North star metric you know what are those numbers what are those metrics that you know, the team tracks?
1: So, in a content business, it's uh, daily active, weekly active, monthly active users. Mm -hmm. uh, Ratios of that. uh, Time spent on the app. And uh, day one, day seven, day 30 retention. Week one, week four, week eight, week 12 retention. Month one, two, three retention. So all of these are numbers that we track uh and and you know the higher the retention, the more the growth you'll find. So it's all correlated in some way. The more time you spend uh you know the more sticky and uh, sticky you become, right? So I think all of this put together is what makes a social app successful
0: so and and I mean in general, uh you have seen the evolution of internet right. Uh, you know, right from those early days to now uh, things moving to Web3 decentralization. Uh, What's your take on the future of communities, future of uh, monetization in general for community and for social products?
1: Yeah, so I think um, concepts of Web3 are definitely interesting, Uh, Mm -hmm. you know, involving creators, users, uh, into the whole ecosystem of monetization is very important and critical going forward. Uh, I think that concept of Web3 is definitely going to, going to be the future. Like, you know, you can't be a central, uh, company which makes all the money, but creators and users get nothing, right? Uh, the other concepts of Web3, um, whether it's DAO or, uh, you know, make, making the entire decision making decentralized, uh, is something we'll have to wait and watch on whether it works. Uh, whether everybody will shift from equity to tokens, uh, is also something that we have to see whether it plays out as well as it should. So, you know, While some aspects of Web3 are very promising and will be the future, some other aspects we'll we'll have to see what what happens uh, as as the concepts get built out.
0: Yeah, I think there's a lot of uh, either jingoism or, uh, you know, uh, doomsday prediction for Web3. I mean, my guess is that the reality lies somewhere in between and yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a, a lot of founders and makers will just figure that out
1: yeah 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 absolutely
0: cool i think uh, so that's pretty much a premiere. i think this was really useful all right yeah. uh, thanks thanks uh, premier thanks everybody for turning in and thank you
1: thank you everyone yep, thank bye thanks